Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Emerson Lazio holding it down for us in the DraftKings studio in Boston. We're brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Great show coming up for you guys. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us the five-star rating, and check us out live here Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV+, Plus, Roku, DraftKings YouTube channel, and more. Some good guests coming up today. ESPN's Mina Kimes is going to stop by and chop up some NFL with us as we get ready for a weekend where we got Saturday and Sunday football. And we've got Tom Haberstro, great NBA analyst who you can check out, uh, going to help us break down some of the tendencies we've seen amongst officiating and amongst some yeah. of these suspensions. Because, Dad, good God almighty, the NBA is like, are you guys doing okay right now? 
after what we've seen in the last couple of days, we got the word finally last night that Draymond Green was not just suspended for going and turning and uh, slapping a player in their most recent game. No, no, no. Draymond Green, who turned around, smacked Yusuf Nurkic with an open hand, was ejected from that game against the Suns, was suspended indefinitely by the NBA, according to ESPN NBA analyst Adrian Wojnarowski. And, Dad, this is where it gets its really interesting for me, is the way the NBA is trying to frame this right now. According to the report from Woj, Draymond Green, the Warriors GM Mike Dunleavy Jr., and Green's agent Rich Paul are expected to meet Thursday today to start discussing a path of counseling and help for Green to move forward, according to sources. The league didn't want to put a specific number on the suspension, but allow Green to take the time he might need to deal with the challenges he's facing. Have you ever heard anything like this around a suspension like this? No, I think I think basically this... The, this is, was their wording for it, but basically they're like, what are we going to do with this guy? I mean, let's, let's just suspend him and let him sit, and then we'll decide. So we don't have to make the decision right now on the number of games. Let's just suspend him indefinitely. It's his sixth suspension, his second this year. He played nine games, then got suspended for five games, then played six games, and is now suspended indefinitely. So his sixth suspension, and... Mike, you, you heard Nurkic after the game said, I hope the guy gets help. And now this is the, an opponent, someone he's struck and all that. But I'll say Kevin Durant said the same thing. Kevin Durant played with Draymond Green. And Kevin Durant was asked about it after, you know, that's another story. They had the big three back together for the first game in Phoenix and promptly lost. But Kevin Durant was asked about Draymond, and he said almost word for word what Nurkic said. He said, I hope he gets the help he needs. So this is a guy who played with him, a guy who knows him. So that puts maybe a little more, it's different than an opponent, like I said. So I don't know in your eyes, did that change it a little bit of, you know, maybe this guy, maybe this guy does need help. Maybe, it's, it's kind of the guy that you maybe want as a teammate, that then, but then don't want to play against if you're not a teammate, right? Uh, because, and even if you're a teammate, those guys have seen it. You know, Clay and Kerr and Steph have seen it. And, and I'm sure it's just kind of a, as I said the other day, a roll your eye moment of, dude, you know, we love the toughness, but you're, you're killing us here. Well, I mean, Jordan Poole saw it firsthand he got punched in the <laughs> face like that's what i mean this has been something that has been inextricably a part of draymond green's career in fabric and you're right it, there's the difficulty and i remember it, it and dad this is what to me struck me about where we're at with this and that response because you're absolutely right hearing that response it does make you wonder in like a general empathy that i think i've developed more and more as i've gotten older and older is yeah. all right you do wonder if there's something that he hasn't dealt with here because you know in sports as well as I do, Dad, when you're good at something and it works not only for you, but for the teams that are either employing you or giving you a scholarship or whatever, they're benefiting from your skill set, there's a pretty big tendency to just say, all right, well, if it works and you're playing well on the court here, we'll find a way to deal with it. We'll find a way to push it through. It'll become the next person's problem, and we won't really deal with it because if you need it to succeed out there, who are we to stop you from doing that? And for Draymond Green at every level, his level of red-hot intensity in his mind for a guy that's not the biggest, fastest, or strongest player on any level he's ever played on, maybe outside of high school, this is in what his mind has helped get him to this point. And it's been rewarded with championships. It's been rewarded with accolades. It's been rewarded with money 
And so I'm sure, and at times I saw Ryan Rosillo was talking about interviewing him at the All-Star game one year, and Draymond almost laughed off the notion that he could be one without the other because in his mind, the whole yeah. package of who he is is how he got to this point. And so I think for a lot of guys, it's probably hard to pull out of that after a long time well, when you factor in that he got suspended for this in an NBA Finals game, in a game that his team lost, in a series that they ultimately lost, and it still didn't determine him from this behavior and dad you know as well as i do we generally tend to think when you take the game away from an athlete that's the only thing that's going to crystallize it for him so once that didn't happen i struggled to see a world where anything got through to draymond plus how are you gonna stop down on a guy and say you got to knock this off when his way of playing mixed in with the rest of the team they got a bunch of rings on their hand so they were getting the payoff of all their play but his kind of play so you know you're going to be like oh yeah at that when you're winning yeah tough player i know sometimes crosses the line but hey we'll put another ring on but you know now they're they're not that team anymore they're a really good team and now we're talking about when is the big three going to end but you know if they're trying to keep this thing together they're still very talented and where can they go but as Steve Kerr said, we need him. We need Draymond, and he knows that. We've talked to him. He's got to find a way to keep his poise and be out there for his teammates. And part of that we always talk about, Mike, if someone has an issue, do they recognize that? And Draymond Green's response to what Steve Kerr said, like I said, if I intended to do that, then I would feel awful not being out there. But my intentions were just to sell the foul. I mean – he, in his mind, in his mind, that's what I was trying to do. Not whip around and just smoke somebody in the side of the head. So th- he's not going to change. And, and I, I think they know that in Golden State. This is something that you've got to say. You know, you hope he's going to change. But it's been going on for too many years. And it's his way. And, oh, by the way, it's been successful because he has rings. A guy that flirts with the line. He's not the first to flirt with the line or the last to flirt with the line. He's just not. But it just gets emphasized and magnified more and more as time goes on, as they're not the team they used to be. And now it, 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 it kind of gets looked at as, oh, there's an issue because, you know, we're not one of the best teams in the NBA anymore where you kind of push everything to the side. Yeah, I, I think that's the difficult part for me, Dad, because you brought up his teammates wanting him to, you know, former teammates, opponents saying, man, I hope he gets the help he wants. And again, general empathy. I want to believe that everybody can change, that Draymond Green, maybe time away, would give him an opportunity to look in and say, why am I doing this stuff? Can I change this behavior? But you're right. And this is a lot of what we see overall in sports. I saw a lot of people liken this to the suspension that we saw for John Morant last year where he went away for a weekend and they talked about all this perspective-changing stuff he did, and then he came right back to playing basketball, and we're saying how much can really change in that short amount of time, especially when for so many athletes, when they're put in this spot, the things that we hear publicly from them do not match up with this idea of rehabilitation sounds like too strong of a word but actual change in these situations it sounds like draymond even here saying yeah i don't think you know i have a problem here like i don't i was trying to sell a foul this wasn't me lashing out this wasn't me doing anything wrong and if you are hearing that which doesn't sound like true contrition it sounds like a guy saying yeah i'm sorry just because i was doing a basketball thing that you guys misconstrued then i struggle to see based on the rest of his career how long he's been at it and to your point how long it's been successful for him I, i struggle to see a world where this changes and so it feels like pr fluff from the nba side and maybe that's because i'm wired to 
to not trust leagues when they try and sell us oh we're going to give a guy structure like no you guys are trying to go out here do the thing that's going to make you look best to the league the, your partners the people watching and then keep it moving Guys, Draymond Green has as many suspensions this season as the Pistons have wins. So those two are neck and neck right now. <laughs> I mean, neck and neck's the appropriate way to say it too, Dad, because I've forgotten, yeah. and this is how crazy the world and how fast the world moves. I forgot, oh, by the way, that first suspension was when he choked out Rudy Gobert. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. he put a seven-foot Frenchman in a headlock, and that is somehow the less, I mean, we, we, that, no, that probably is still the winner in the clubhouse right now in terms of Draymond and Jack. And so and so what, what's the answer here? The league says you're suspended until... So he has time he needs to deal with the challenges he's facing. So that's about as gray as could be because now look, look at it from the player's side. A, first off, Draymond doesn't admit he did anything wrong, but he's smart enough to understand, and I'll say also he will not be the first to have ever done this. Oh, yeah, I understand. I'm good now. You know, he'll say what he needs to say without really admitting guilt in this uh, because he is not. He has not backed off. I was just trying to you know, get the foul. And, but he is going to end up saying what he needs to say to get back on the court. And, and I'm not saying that in a bad way because I would do that, you would do that, and a lot of other people are going to do that because they want to get back and play. So this is such a gray area. There's nothing concrete that says go meet with this therapist. You, know, you can get back on the court when you meet with that person 10 times. I mean, and, and I'm being facetious right. there. They're not going to do that. But there's no concrete time or number to this. So I think a lot of it is going to be on the thought of critique contrition or understanding from Draymond which at some point he's going to give you his version of to say I'm cool I get it let me go back on the court so I'm not losing $153,941 a game damn yeah, I, I think that's kind of everyone's general premise on this. And again, like, you know, I, I understand, like, the, the lovey part of me always wants to say, like, oh, people can change. You hope this is that moment for him. But the reality of what we've seen, again, the guy missed a finals game and his team lost the series and nothing happened in the world of sports. He kept it moving. He kept acting like this. And so I struggle to see a world where at this point in his career, that changes meaningfully. And we'll see. At some point, he'll be back on the court. The NBA's regular season is still a long time. And so missing a few of these games sucks for the paychecks for him, no doubt. But yep. overall for this team and some of the larger questions and problems they face right now. I mean, Andrew Wiggins and Clay both playing poorly at this point of the season. Golden State's got a lot of stuff that they need to work out under the hood with that team. They're not the only ones, though, that had a weird time in the association <laughs> yeah. last night, Emerson. We thought we were just going to have your normal run-of-the-mill star player does incredible thing story with Giannis Antetokounmpo and then things went sideways in a hurry after that one too. Yeah, so he scores a career high 64 points, talking Greek freak here against the Pacers last night, and the entire story ended up being about the actual physical game ball here, so the Greek freak wanted it. The Pacers, it appeared, had taken it. Giannis went furiously sprinting into the Pacers tunnel here. That is a large man running at you, okay? Imagine that, quite scary. And then Rick Carlisle, as he called it, a fracas broke out, leaving Pacers GM Chad Buchanan, according to Carlisle, with bruised ribs after he was elbowed by a Bucks player. Listen to this. There's a misunderstanding about the game ball. Um, it was Oscar Shibwe's first NBA official NBA point, so 
we always get the game ball. We were not thinking about Giannis's franchise record. So we grabbed the ball and um, a couple of, a couple of minutes later, several of their players ended up in our hallway, and there was a big a big uh, I don't know I don't know what to call it a fracas uh, melee, melee whatever. I don't think any punches were landed, but my general manager got elbowed in the ribs by one of their players, um, and. So he certainly has a bruised, bruised rib, and who knows, you know, if it's anything more than that. But um, unfortunate situation. Dude, give the ball to there Oscar Sheehan. There are many times in life where you get to use the word <laughs> fracas, right? Well, that's my era, man. Yes. Or Love I'm, it. I like kerfuffle. I'm a big kerfuffle guy. Fracas and melee. That that that's Maya. Good job out of you, Rick. Way to pull those out. Well, he went melee too, like he was Bryce Harper yeah. talking about <laughs> memes. <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's let's look at this situation, right? First off, Antetokounmpo was two points. The record was Michael Red in 06 scored 57, and I believe at 55 points. Uh, Giannis got rotated out of the game. He said it was my normal time to go out, and and they were they were winning this game big, so he wasn't going to go back in. And it was the coach who said, "Hey, go back in the game." You're, and he's like, "No, no, no." He said, "You're two points away from the franchise record." And Giannis said, "He told the coach, no, I'm good.' You know, he had already scored 54 one time this season against the Pacers, by the way. So you figure at some point with his ability, he was going to get there, but he ended up going back in. Gets 64, shoots 20 at 28, and hits 24 free throws. It was absolutely amazing. And what was weird is he said he wanted the ball to give to Dame Lillard, yes. who passed Kyle Korver for number five on the list for most threes made in your career. So you got three different situations here, Mike. You got Oscar Shibway, who scored his first points in the NBA, which, by the way, was literally that. It was He scored one point. One point. So it was literally his first point, but it was his first point. You have uh, Giannis, who has now the franchise record of 64 points, and you have Dame, who is now fifth on the all-time list uh, in threes made. So three variations. I don't know the protocol in the NBA, Mike, of where the game ball goes. It, the game was in Milwaukee. The pay, They kind of really showed where, how the ball got transferred. I don't know how that works, but... Who gets the game ball? Who should get the game ball in this one? So I look at this situation and say, I think it should go to Oscar Shibwe for his first NBA point because we don't know what his career is going to be at this point. We don't know how many more milestone moments he's going to have. Dame and Giannis have a ton of them right now. Like both of these are great, right? The Bucks all-time franchise leader in single game points. Yep. That's not something to shake a stick at. You love that. And I'm sure for Giannis, who's been the face of this franchise for a while, that's meaningful, but he's got championships. He's got MVPs. He's got plenty of things to hang his hat on now and plenty more in the future. Same goes for Dame Lillard. Like fifth on that list is great, but Dame's also a guy with a lot of accomplishments, all NBA 75 player. And so my thought would be, hey, let's give it to the guy who did his first and could be his only big-time accomplishment in pro basketball. We don't know. We root for Oscar Shibwe. We right, hope he's right. got a great long career. But I would go with him. Who would you go with? I would definitely go with Shibwe, number one. In my rank him in order, it would be Shibwe, Giannis, and Dane. Yep, that's the, old, that's uh, so, the correct so order. That's the only Shibwe, order. Shibwe, again, we know nothing about this guy. At least the casual fan really does. And he got his first point. Man, that, that happens one time. 
right? As I said, Giannis had 54. Giannis, if he didn't get the record, was probably going to get the record, and he's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. And while, listen, I don't want to, you know, pat down what, you know, Damian Lillard five all time on a list in a sport is phenomenal, but compared to these other things, I'll say it's fifth. You know, when, when he gets to third, I would move him up on this list. <laughs> you know, second or first. If he all of a sudden he would pass Steph Curry, I might give him the game ball. The only thing is that that would go back and forth if it was Steph because Steph's still playing. So I'd go Sheboy here for sure. Emerson, you, I'm sure you're the same way. You yeah, absolutely, way. dude. Give, give him the ball. But here's also the thing. Security, Buck security went and grabbed the ball, right? Gave it to Giannis. Yes. And then Giannis yes. is like, I don't even believe this is the ball. I played 35 minutes tonight. I know what a game ball feels like. This is not the game ball. So he wasn't even happy after he received yeah. the ball. <laughs> yeah, he gave he gave him the Liam Neeson from Taken line. You forget yeah. the weight in the hand of a gun that's loaded and one that's not right now. I know the weight <laughs> of the game ball that I just played with here. I will say my biggest takeaway from all of this that we've seen around the NBA in the last few days, in-season work, tournament worked too well. Like, these guys can't turn it off now. We said we wanted more competitive regular season. We said we wanted more stars out there. And now they're choking and slapping people. They're fighting over game balls in the tunnel. We may have inadvertently created a Pacers-Bucks rivalry out of this as well since they played in the in-season tournament. So Adam Silver got what he wanted and then some, and now it's broken contain. So I want to know what was said. If you watch the highlights of this, you see a Milwaukee Buck personnel with the ball after the game, the game ball that he's actually highlighted. And then a Pacers, the kid looks 10 years old. I mean, who came up to him, at least when, when I looked at it quickly. <laughs> and, and I don't know what he said. That's who needs to be interviewed. What he said to the Milwaukee Buck person, but then the dude gave him the ball. And dude went out with it to, to, to give to Sheway. So I'd like to know what that quick conversation <laughs> was between those personnel people. The oral history of the almost Bucks Pacers brawl uh, coming to an ESPN 30 for 30 near you, I would imagine. Coming up next, though, is a trip to the NFL League meetings and some rules on the table no longer about to be broken. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. All right, while most of the NFL fans around the world really looking forward to the upcoming playoffs just four weeks away, the league's owners and stakeholders gathering 
convening in Dallas yesterday, NFL owners meetings addressing a host of issues here that will affect the NFL really in both the near and short term future here. So NFL brass Roger Goodell and Troy Vincent guys check this out addressing this is one of the many issues on the table the criticism of officiating this season specifically as it relates to the offsides call in the Chiefs Bills game. So Goodell saying on the Kadarius Tony offsides call. I think almost everybody has acknowledged that the officials are absolutely correct. That's their job to call it a foul. I think it shows you how difficult it is to do their job. So other rules issues that were discussed and brought up yesterday at the meeting, including the tush push, the hip drop tackle, and then that fumble through the end zone resulting in a touchback rule, which I believe, Gojo, you were tweeting about, worst rule in professional sports. What, uh, what stood out to you guys the most? Well, Dan, I wanted to get your perspective on this because I, I know we've talked about it on the show a little bit, and I heard a lot of people having strong reactions to the hip drop tackle stuff and the current state of football for defensive players because they pointed to the injury rate for this, which according to NFL research is 20 to 25 times the risk of a traditional tackle. We've seen anecdotally this year, Mark Andrews and other players lost to it. It's the same basic action as the horse collar that the NFL banned. But dad, is this the right move? Would banning that be going too far given how difficult life is already for defensive players? I, I, I'm just like, how far can we go? I mean, you, you're trying to stop a player from gaining extra yards. So I, I get the horse collar. We've seen the injuries. I understand. But, but that players were doing that, A, sometimes they had to reach out and that's all they could grab. But now this hip drop, drop tackle stops the forward momentum. As I think it was Troy Vincent said, we don't stop. We don't want to stop the tackling from behind. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, you have to tackle in this game. <laughs> Thank you for not wanting to stop the tackling from behind. But this, there is a greater risk of injury, and I get it. I, I understand that. Listen, there was the play for the for the, uh, and, and I don't know what your lineman called it, but if I lined up over the guard and the guard reached hard right and the tackle just threw at my legs. Just threw at my legs. Yeah. You know, and, and and they outlawed that. That was actually one for the defense. They weren't just letting you throw at the at the legs like that. So I, I know they want to stop injury. You're never going to stop all injury, but you can try and, you know, minimize or mitigate it a bit. But I mean, I, it it's a play, Mike, where you know what they're doing. They're trying to stop the momentum. They're trying not to give them any extra yards. If you're doing this, and when a guy needs is trying to get one more yard for a first down, if you can't do this and just bring him down from behind, he's going to carry you for two more yards, three more yards. So this is a way to kind of stop that. So I think we're getting into dangerous waters. And, man, I mean, it's such a bang-bang play as well, giving the officials another thing to kind of look at. And, and people say, well, that's easy to see when they're doing it. Well, yeah, the very blatant ones are, but there's some that aren't sure. as blatant that now is going to be subjective to a referee for them to try and call something else on the field. So, man, I, I don't know how far we can go. Is this something that's that's like a, a taught thing? Like, because it's gotten a name, so I think people are looking well, at it as though it's a taught technique, which, you know, I, I wasn't a defensive player past well, high school, but can't ever remember being taught to tackle in this kind of way. We know the NFL had the whole rugby tackle thing that the Seahawks right. made popular years ago in terms of an alternative form to try and take the head out of tackling. But a, as we've gone along here, like, Dad, is this just a reaction for defensive guys? Is this something that's a conscious thing in your mind? How do you view this it's it, it, taught 
would mean also practice and you're never practicing this nobody's practicing this move on the field that's for sure you know on Wednesday or Thursday so that's not happening I think Mike it just evolved to this to say okay if we do this we stop their momentum we stop them from going forward um, you know, and giving them extra yards. So it's a way to the best way or one of the best ways when you're tackling from the side or behind to stop their forward momentum. So I think it happened. I think players saw it. And then the d- defensive player said, okay, this is a good way to not get taken for a ride for a few yards. And, you know, I, I'm sure we're going to hear, well, tackle better. or ta- I mean, just stop, okay? There's a ton of different angles on a field where you can get to a, a, a ball carrier. Uh, it's not cut and dry, you know. It's not painting by the numbers on how you do it. So you got to get a guy down. So this is, I think it just happened, Mike, and other defensive players saw it and said, okay, this is a good way to stop that forward progress. It got yeah. the name of the hip drop because that's exactly what you're doing. I listen, I when I see it, I kind of cringe because you're not sure if someone's getting hurt, kind of just like the horse collar, and nobody wants to see anybody get hurt at all. So there's part of me that says, man, if, if listen, if you can prove, you know, again, their research says 20 to 25 times more dangerous than a regular tackle. Are there numbers to this? I don't know, because when we get to the to the brotherly shove, they don't have enough injury numbers to really, I, I think, change this thing. Sure. But here you wonder if they do or if it just looks so gruesome and you lose a guy for a while that they're going to outlaw it. But man, just making it even more difficult on the defenders now. Yeah, I, I would agree visually and, and what we know, because again, it's the same basic action as the horse collar that we all looked at and said, yeah, that makes sense as to why you would try and outlaw that and limit that in the game. And you're absolutely right. That comparison with the O-lineman was the first thing I thought of. It was my old teammate, Ian Williams, was one of the guys that was the impetus for that rule. D-lineman for the 49ers back in the early aughts who got his ankle broken on a play where one of yeah. the O-lineman would be posting a guy up and the other would come and clean him out from the backside in what used to be a legal cut. And offensive linemen everywhere said, well, you're going to affect the way that we run outside zone. You're going to eliminate that play from football. And the league said, we don't care. You've hurt too many guys this way. Right. And we can't operate with this. And lo and behold, guys adjusted. People have found a way. It didn't stop the play from being in NFL playbooks, much the same way I think defensive players would adjust here. But I do understand a sensitivity to defensive players overall, Dad, because of the way the game has changed, which is interesting. And where this is manifest, too, is, we have lived long enough and i did not expect this the nfl said it was also taking a look at the fumble out of the back of the end zone now they've looked at it in the past and they've not changed anything where if you're an offensive player and you fumble out of the back of the end zone it's a touchback and the other team gets the ball this used to be when i was coming up and watching you on mike and mike that just used to be the universally most hated rule in football everybody thought it was dumb I've seen a lot of people defending it now, Dad, under the guise of, well, defensive players need something. Where are you at? Do you still think as a defensive player this is a dumb rule? Oh, I hate the rule. I think it's a horrible rule. Mark Murphy, the president of the Green Bay Packers, said it's way too punitive for the offensive team. You're driving all the way down the field. You fumble. The ball gets knocked out of the back of the end zone. You lose the ball when nobody had possession. I think it's – listen, if for, you're right. For a league where everything seems to be against the defense, this one is actually for the defense. But I, I, I don't like the rule. I think it, the, the only rule I hated more than that, and they changed it, was when the receiver jumped in the air by the sideline and caught the ball. If yes. the defender pushed him out of bounds, but the referee felt if the defender didn't push him out, out of bounds, he would have landed inbounds complete. That was the dumbest rule of all time. 
That why have a defender? It was that that yeah. one made me scream more than this one. But I think this one should change. I think it will change. The brotherly shove. They said there's not enough sampling of players being injured, so you shouldn't punish a team for being successful at it. So while I don't think the league loves it, I don't think they have the ability or enough info to change it. I think that stays. I think the fumble out of the end zone stay uh, uh, changes, and I do think Mike they end up outlawing the hip drop hip drop tackle. Just to your point, players adjust. You find another way to do something. It'll be another thing against the defense. But when you're seeing injuries like this, uh, the league is going to take action. Junior, did you know at one point in the history of the game, an incomplete pass that landed in the end zone resulted in a touchback and possession for the defense? That was a that ah, was a thing. Yeah, in the it's, NFL it's got ties to like a dated rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's ah. it's ridiculous in where it comes from. I understand we treat the end zone different for so many things in football, yeah. but everywhere else on the field, you fumble out of bounds, goes back to the spot of the fumble here, yeah. and we keep yeah. it moving. It's something that incentivizes scoring, which we know the league loves a good dose of offense, and so you're trying to get guys to actually score more, and this would curb them away the other way. So I think you're right on that prediction. Dad, I think we could see those two things change. I'm glad that cooler heads prevailed with the brotherly shove. The league spelled it out for you. The rest of you aren't as good at it as the Eagles, and that's not an excuse <laughs> to get rid of it. So go and sit with that all offseason and think about the complaining you've done. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Chargers and Raiders on Thursday night football from Vegas, a clash of five and eight teams. Another epic battle on Thursday, Thursday night football, one that only will be made better by betting it on the DraftKings Sportsbook, ladies and gentlemen. There you go, baby. Come on. I'm a company man. You know that. So we have Vegas favored by three at home. Game total down to, well, now up to 34 and a half. All right, everybody. Points expected. Who knows? All right, so Easton Stick going to be under center for the Chargers. Uh, Raiders here after just being shut out 3-0 uh, by the Vikings. They're going to have Aiden O'Connell under center. There's no Keenan Allen for the Chargers. This is going to be a mess. Josh Jacobs is questionable here. So guys like Max Crosby, everyone's like, hey, just shut everybody down. You don't really have much to play for. Max Crosby does not like that idea. You know, there's a lot of bull going around talking about you know, shutting people down because of this and that, but that's a bunch of bull 
Um, at the end of the day, we play and train all year round to play at 17 guaranteed. So um, that's what we plan on doing. We got to finish the season strong. So it's literally one at a time. Um, quick turnaround with the Chargers. So we're definitely looking forward to getting out there again. Okay, can't confirm. Max Crosby, not a fan of uh, shutting things down for players, huh? Get out there and play. I'm telling you, this this guy could have the highest motor I have ever seen. He is nonstop. And he's a guy who's had, you know, some obviously some tough life with the alcohol and fighting that and being sober now. I mean, he's had what we call real-life battles, right? Mm -hmm. Real stuff going on where while – Everybody says, yeah, football's a game. It is a game, but it was our job. You know, it was it was how we made a living. It was our job. It's what we did. But still, compared to what he had gone through, man, he, he is. He's, he plays a game at a high motor. And uh, don't don't ever – you know what the two biggest swear words to him would be if he were in the NBA would be load management. Dude doesn't know what that is. He only knows how to go 1,000 miles an hour. He is a, a – inspiration of a great model for younger players coming into the league to see they always say what are the older players all oh, the younger players you know do you sit them down do you teach them there are some that will do that but others show by their actions you see how this guy practices how this guy plays you hear he's like this in practice as well I mean it, it's one of the greatest teaching things to young players when I remember my dad when I came in the league said keep your mouth shut and your ears and your eyes open watch how the veterans do it because They've been there. And, man, you watch how this guy approaches work and approaches games. It is something else. Tied for third in the league with 13 and a half sacks going into this game is that Max Crosby. So, yeah, one of the single most impactful defensive players we have in football right now, the combination of motor and everything else. And, Dad, if you're looking for the sell for this game, that's probably where it is, right? We always joke about who they put up for the graphics when they promote a game during another game <laughs> on right, a prior yeah. Thursday night or when they were promoting the Patriots and Steelers game, they famously put up TJ Watt and Bill Belichick. They could not <laughs> find yeah. a player yeah. from New England that they felt was worthy of promotion. So they put up Bill Belichick, who everyone in New England is trying to unceremoniously yeah. show the door right now. For this one, it's pretty clear. It is Max Crosby and it is Khalil Mack. Almost no one else is healthy. Brandon J- or Josh Jacobs, excuse me, is questionable for this game. We know the backup quarterbacks are going to be in. Star receivers might not be available. But you've got Max Crosby on one side. And then Khalil Mack, who, oh, by the way, the last time these teams played back in week four, set the Chargers single game record with six sacks in that game as he leads the NFL with 15 overall. So at the very least, Dad, coming off a 3-0 rock fight from the Raiders this past weekend, we could be due for an encore on Thursday night. And then Easton Stick, and I, I love his, you know, what he's saying. He should be be confident. He is, as he said, he's used to winning from his college days. But we know Mike Williams has been gone. Now Keenan Allen out. I mean, poor dude coming in where no weapons. I mean, Keenan Allen has 108 receptions. The next closest is the running back, Austin Eckler, at 36. So we're going to think someone's been a big part of the offense, and he is not now there for Austin St- or, or for uh, Easton Stick. So Eckler is your next leading receiver. Then the tight end, Gerald Everett. You know, you've got Quentin Johnston up there who, I mean, the, the people he's going to have to rely on, he would love to have a running game. But at this point of the season, you're right, teams that are out of it and teams dealing with injuries. So 
Easton Stick knows what he's playing for, though. I mean, you want the team win, but he knows what he's playing for. You you keep playing for your position in the league. Yeah, like, he ran the hell out of the football in college. If you look at Easton Stick's numbers, like, in 2018, his last year, he had 17 rushing touchdowns, and then he had 12 in 2017. He's played in 12 preseason games, and he has five rushing touchdowns there. So, you know for sure that they're going to take advantage of the work he could do with his feet tonight. Maybe look at a rushing prop for him as well. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, I, I guess that's the, the thing is if you're watching this, trying to predict the outcome is kind of going to be a crapshoot. To that yeah. point, there's a chance for some newness like we saw with the New York Giants and their use of Tommy DeVito, Dad, where you have the Green Bay Packers that seemed completely caught off guard by the notion that they would use him as a rusher there to the tune of, I think, 78 rushing yards for Tommy DeVito. And that's where I struggle in this one is you've got the newness of Easton Stick to where you might be able to catch the uh, Raiders defense a little bit off guard and that they don't have a lot of tape on this guy versus on the other side for the Raiders you could spin it and say hey Aiden O'Connell's at least been under center for a while with them you're dealing with a guy who yes is a backup quarterback but has also played a bunch of games for the Raiders as a starter at this point in the season and so he walks in with that experience even though Josh Jacobs hasn't practiced all week Devontae Adams hasn't practiced all week and we have no idea who he's actually going to try and get the ball to out there in the midst of all that so I, I, I don't know if you ask me to pick on this one Emerson who'd you you say was favored again it's vegas vegas is favored at home by three points if you ask me i would probably take the chargers plus the points in this one dad wouldn't feel good about any of it yeah i think i, I think i would take the raiders in this one and again i've been in this position to where what the both teams are five and eight and now while you sit there and say well they're only two losses out of a possible wild they're not making the playoffs you know and players inside the room, while certainly that's what they will spout publicly, I've talked about this a lot of the end of the season of where you are as a player. What's your status on the team? And you're talking about already a team that could get a new head coach in the Raiders, uh, the speculation of what may go on with the Chargers. So as a player, you have to understand what am I playing for and who am I playing for? Who am I showing this tape to? Who's going to see this tape? Is it going to be a brand new coach with a brand new position coach I'm going to have? Because remember, Mike, you know this. It's not always about the head coach because players deal with their position coach way more than the head coach. Yep. So who would be the new position coach? How are they going to look at my film? I need to be playing hard to show that I can either still be here or I'm auditioning for another team. There's a lot that goes on in the last few weeks of the season and your team's out of it. Some players, while physically they don't have it hitched up, we're talking about they got the U-Haul hitched to the car where they're showing up an hour later than they used to and not working out. They're not staying later and watching film and preparing fully for the game. So there's a lot of individuals out here in different situations on how they approach this game looking to their future in the league. Under 34 and a half looks quite tasty, gentlemen, after the Raiders got... Yeah. Shut yeah. out last week, losing 3 nothing, and now against a, a backup quarterback at home. And they've been playing some pretty stout defense under Antonio Pierce since he became interim head coach. Yeah, uh, to the tune of this uh, dubious stat, the Chargers, losers of four of their past five games. The Raiders, losers of their last three games here. So uh, stoppable force meeting movable object. Something's got to give here. Dad's going Raiders. I'm going Chargers. Emerson looks like he has an interesting thing to say. Well, yeah, Vegas 4-2-1 and one ATS at home this season.
So, hey, listen, screw winning, just cover, baby, right? So th this, is, this is what I love about Emerson. I just give a spiel on what the athletes are thinking and going through uh, when your season's kind of over from a, from a team standpoint and what's going through their minds. Right to Emerson. You know, the over-under on this is 34 and a half, you know, so what <laughs> hey, that is, But quite that honestly, is the ultimate version of yes. that is showbiz, baby. Yes, more people are probably care, could care less what I'm saying about these athletes and more with Emerson giving them the line on this thing. <laughs> I'm here to help, guys. You know what, though? That's you give and you give and you give. Coming up next, though, let's go from pro to college here. We have talked about one hypothetical scenario in college sports for a while since the portal and NIL and opt-out showed up. It's finally arrived here. How do we reckon with it next? So, Dad, ever since the transfer portal, since player opt-outs and bowl games started, since really the college football playoff took hold and the idea of quote-unquote meaningless bowl games came up with opt-outs, we always talked about eventually we would get to a point where you'd have some player opting out from a team that's involved in the college football playoff. We thought it was going to be in the expanded playoffs that we got started next year where you've got more teams in the party, teams with varying actual chances of winning a title, and guys still having to weigh their pro prospects against that. We apparently didn't have to wait until that point right now. We got news yesterday from Pete Thamel over at ESPN that Texas Longhorns backup quarterback Malik Murphy is entering the NCAA transfer portal. Murphy said in a phone interview that he will not be with the Longhorns in the college football playoff and that the decision was wrenching to him. He said, quote, I hate it. I hate it. I'm super invested in this team. Everything we've done along the way and all the work we've put in together, it's hard to walk away, especially at this point in the season. Remember, he started a pair of home games for Texas this right. year when Quinn Ewers was hurt. He got wins over BYU and Kansas State in that game. But Daddy's got three years of eligibility left. There's talk that Quinn Ewers might come back next year for the Longhorns. You've got Arch Manning there staring down behind him. And so he wants to get somewhere and play. And because of the transfer portal that opens up at the beginning of December and closes on January 4th, he's really got no other choice in terms of if he wants to do something right for his future but unfortunately, it comes at the expense of his team. He's got to do it right now, Dad. So what do you make of this scenario that we talked about for so long no. now that we're seeing it play out in real time? And it's only going to happen with more teams next year, playoff teams, right? When we go to 12, you'll probably see this more. He said, given uh, the time it will take for visits and to assure that he finds the right spot for his future, that's why he left Texas now. So... You wonder, because this number is going to grow, there is no doubt about that. It's going to grow when you go to 12 teams in the playoffs. Will they, and that's what we're looking for here. This would be the way to alleviate that, right? Would be to change the portal times, correct? I mean, that would be the way to do it. So, I mean, there's there's that question, and then there's, you know, all the, the old schoolers out there, and I'll continue to say not every old school thing is, is wrong. I think you can mix old school and new school but you know people are gonna say because you, you read his quotes his decision came down to doing what's best for my future it's that simple i'm going to go to a place where i can play continue to get better and people will say you know win the job there compete there you know be the try and be the guy there and you know it's so easy to sit on the outside and say that you know even from former players you know who are 
you know, maybe more old school guys. But these guys have X amount, four or five years to show their wares, and he wants to get on the field, he wants to play. And I don't blame him one bit. And this is how the rules are right now, and he's following them the way it's going to help him best. If you're going to decide to do that, then you have to do what's best for you. And that's what he's doing, but it does interrupt all of a sudden with the uh uh-oh moment of, wait, this is a playoff team. And a guy who was one play away from being the man for that team to try and carry them is now not there. So, yeah, I I, I do think they're going to have to move that date because, as I said, this will only expand. Yeah, I I think right now we talk so much about the things going on in college football and whether it's, you know, people wanting to put guardrails on NIL or limit transfer options for people overall, which, by the way, a huge win yesterday for players on that front in a court case that basically – for the next two weeks temporarily suspended any penalty for second time transfers opening it up so that any player looking to transfer for a second time would do so without penalty without having to sit out this is a temporary uh injunction on that one but seems like it's opening the door so we don't have any tez walker situations like we had for north carolina this year guys would be immediately eligible the ncaa's power is falling down around them and closing in on them slowly but surely But, Dad, the one thing we do look at, and I can say seems to be the problem, is the calendar right now for college football is all out of whack. We mentioned the fall transfer period is from December 4th to January 2nd, right in the middle of bowl season. Also coincides with the early signing day that got instituted before all this was a reality, complicating the picture with high school recruits as well. And so, Dad, I... I, I, I think something's got to change. I don't know what that is right off the bat here, but I think if you're college football and you've talked about and people have worried about these games are going to start to look more and more unfamiliar in the postseason. You're going to have what we have now, more and more players in the portal, backups and underclassmen largely that haven't seen the field proliferating bowl games. I think you've got to try and move this around in a way that's fair to the players so that a guy like Malik Murphy doesn't have to make a decision like this about his future at the expense of potentially getting a national championship ring, Emerson. Yeah, I was going to say, I I think now – over the next, what, two weeks? We could see, like, any number of college football players enter the transfer portal for the second time to kind of take advantage of this ruling right now. I think that's going to be the biggest thing is to have the foresight to change this and have the foresight to understand just what I said earlier. You're going to 12 teams. Yeah. So right now this is ISO. This is one. Now you have um, – who's a Tyler Buckner, is going to transfer from Alabama, who's in the playoffs. But he's staying with the team throughout the playoffs, and he's transferring to play lacrosse. So he's still with the team. Malik is not. Uh, And as I said, even though he's a backup, he's one play away from being the leader of that team in the playoffs. So as I said, this will only magnify with a 12-team playoff. So there's got to be some foresight to say, okay, this is going to turn into a bigger issue. The teams that are in the playoffs may not be the full-strength team that we're putting in the playoffs in that last committee meeting that we have as players are going to enter the portal. But where do you go, Mike, for this? I mean, is it something you need to ask the coaches about what works best for them in this situation? I mean, what works best for the player in this situation? I mean, it's who you're going to ask and how quickly you can gather this information before you see more of this next year. 
so the difficult part uh, for me on this and trying to couch this out is the easy thing would be to say blow the transfer window pass when the national championship is allow guys even after that to be able to make this decision but then if you're the player sitting in there dad there's part of me that wonders all right if you keep this open for the rest of the time and you're Malik Murphy and you're sitting around and you want an opportunity to go play somewhere and you still want the best opportunity right you could already be dealing with a bunch of teams with full dance cards. Right. How many teams have yep. we already seen fill their quarterback needs? We talked about Len Riley Leonard mm -hmm. coming from Duke to Notre Dame, Tyler Van Dyke transferring from Miami to Wisconsin. You look around and all of a sudden the game of musical chairs starts to stop. And if you're Malik right. Murphy, even if you had this window extended past, well, it could already be full and you could all of a sudden be looking out at a transfer portal with much less appetizing options and ones that could ultimately harm your football future if you're not going to the right opportunity in a place that might help you maximize your skills. And so it's going to take a lot of collaborative thinking yeah. on this. And Dad, you always point this out when it comes to NFL collective bargaining issues of you also have to be careful to not let what's going to happen and affect a few affect policy for the vast majority if it does work for the bulk of college football players. And so while I feel for Malik Murphy, and I don't want this to have to be a thing where a guy has to choose between wearing a ring with a team that he's given blood, sweat, and tears to for an entire season and his football future, but I also understand that this is a system that right now we're still learning a lot about, and I don't right. want to change the rules in a way that's going to subvert other guys being able to get to where they want to go at the time they need to get there it's a great point that you bring up about the cba and and the union defending players the union's job is to defend the majority all the players but if defending the the few hurts the majority that's not the way to go so that's a very good point on your part which further uh furthers me saying i don't know the answer to this i i i I, it would seem the easy thing would be to move the date, but what else does that affect? So I don't know the answer other than, you know what, maybe this is, there are, there are no perfect scenarios, right? Somebody's always going to catch the low end of it, and maybe that, this is one of those situations. And that's how it's been for college football on a lot of fronts, right? The extra COVID year ends up impacting players coming out of high school. The transfer portal does somewhat something similar there. Maybe the end result is you push all of this back postseason. So you've got players that can finish out and play through bowl games and then make the decision once they're totally done with the season. But then there's how does that line up with the academic calendar, the offseason programs for teams? It's going to take a lot of these people that claim to care an awful lot about the student athlete in quotes in the middle of all this actually coming together and trying to think about something in terms of what does best benefit the athlete in question that's looking to make an incredibly important decision for their future. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.